Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mac and D podcast. I am joined, as always, by Jimmy D. We are also joined today by Eddie, which he'll have plenty of time to scream about his team. And then we're also joined for the first time ever, which is crazy because we've been podcasting for almost a year now. And Amir is finally on the podcast. Amir, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, Amir Camrudden from Atlanta, Georgia. Big uh, Atlanta sports fan. First time caller, uh, long time listener. Pleasure to be here and excited for it. Dude, it's been an absolutely crazy NBA playoffs. We only did the preview. We didn't do anything in between. We definitely should have. And it felt like every single round, we're like, ah, this is where the Miami bullshit ends. They lost to the Hawks. They almost lost to the Bulls. Then they play the next round and they're the eight seed and they're playing against the Bucks and they should have lost. And then you're playing the Knicks and the Knicks are going hard after beating the Cavaliers and they still win that game. I don't understand this Heat team. They should have lost to the Boston Celtics, but they managed to get a 3-0 lead and were able to sustain it. Eddie, do you want to pop off about your Miami Heat real quick? I just have two words for you. Heat culture, baby. <laughs> heat culture. That's it, man. It's it's just a team of underdogs. It's, that's always been Miami's mentality. You know, it starts all the way from the top from Pat Riley down to Eric Spolstra and then our leader, Jimmy Butler, who is the ultimate underdog, drafted 30th and, you know, had to fax his his uh, uh, intent letter to Marquette uh, while being at junior college from from a Mac, from a McDonald's. He is the ultimate underdog, and he's an absolute baller. And what makes the Heat so special is just the the fact that it's the next man up, right? Victor Oladipo gets injured. Tyler Hero gets injured. What happens? Gabe Vincent steps up, and then Caleb Martin steps up. Even when Jimmy and Bam, who are supposed to be our stars, are not playing well, you have these two guys who two years were seemingly no one in the NBA – Stepping up and playing like they are the stars in the team. Gabe Vincent putting up 30-point games against Boston. And Boston is a great defensive team. And then Caleb Martin, who, in my opinion, has in, in that Celtics uh, series, was the most consistent player in, in, in from both teams, actually. In my opinion, he should have won best, best player for that series. Although, I've heard a lot that people think that he should have won, like, the Larry Bird trophy. I don't necessarily agree with that because Jimmy Butler was on an absolute tear during the first two uh, series against the Bucks and against um, the Knicks. But during that Celtics series, MVP definitely goes to Caleb Martin. Yeah, we got a lot to unpack here. So let's start at the top. Amir, you are one of the rivals. You are an Atlanta Hawks fan through and through. I feel your pain as a Magic fan. I hate seeing this Miami Heat run. In your opinion... What makes this Miami team so great? Eddie said it's that next man up mentality. What do you think makes this Heat team amazing? I feel like they're just just how scrappy they all are. I mean, they really are. They have a lot of 3 and D guys, and they they really are coached very well, and I think that they prioritize defense. There's a lot of, like, offensive-minded players that they can get discouraged if their shot's not falling, and that'll then translate to their effort on the defensive end. And I don't really see that um, for, the, for the Miami Heat players, like – even like anywhere from Max Struess to Caleb Martin, like, yeah, we see like we see the offensive numbers, but they're really stepping up on the defensive end. Like, it's not like Boston was dropping 120 points a game, right? Like, they were really like keeping them keeping them under control. So, I think just how scrappy they are, like the whole team just kind of got it out the mud, and you can really see that. 
the defense is insane. Like, not just anybody holds that Boston Celtics team to only 84 points. Like, that is embarrassing in the year of our Lord, 2023. It is, it's an insane level of defense. James, from an outside spectator perspective, what what's this Miami Heat run been like? Like, what, what would you compare it to NFL-wise? Oh, I don't mean, I don't know NFL-wise, but I just... I... Jimmy's just got that dog in him, man. I feel like anyone that doesn't know a ton about basketball, especially NBA basketball, would just be like, oh, this is all Jimmy Butler, right? It's it's kind of like that perfect epitome of of him playing a practice game with the third stringers and just dominating on the on the Wolves. Like, that's what this entire playoffs has felt like uh, from the Heat. And it's pretty exciting to see. But I think a lot of credit needs to go to uh, Coach Spo as well because, I mean, he's, what, in his, like, sixth NBA Finals and – like 10 years, 12 years, something like that. I mean, Eddie's probably got the exact number, but everyone talks about Steve Kerr. Everyone talks about, um, you know, just, like I mean, pop. various, yeah, pop, like all these different NBA coaches, but I suppose it's just been a, a stalwart really in the NBA finals. And, and I, I think like for people that don't love the heat, which I think is plenty of NBA fans, you still have to respect uh, the game there. So it's, it's pretty exciting to see. I do think that, you know, Spolstra is arguably the most underrated coach that we've seen. You know, this is a guy who consi- is, is a winner. He consistently outcoaches coach of the year, uh, you know, nominees and, and, and winners, yet he's never won a coach of the year award in his career. He had, he yeah, had that amazing. Like it's kind of like a, the MVP is kind of like a regular season award now. It's like that hardly translates to the finals anymore, you know? So, yeah. yeah it, it's very weird. And I will say, one thing I think I was, I think I was texting this to you guys, but this Miami Heat and the whole fan base, I think we're just cynical at this point, and we're some sick, sick dudes because there's like we lost against Atlanta during the first plane. We were down like eight points against the Bulls with four minutes left in the second playing game, and then we go on an incredible tear, four-one against. Uh, against the Bucks, 4-2 against New York or 4-1 against New York and then and then we come to we come to the Celtics who are up 3-0 and then lose three games straight how does that happen and then Jimmy Butler this whole time completely calm and laughing on the bench it makes no sense whatsoever this dude is cynical I love yeah it. I don't think I don't think anyone said it better than what Bill Simmons said, which this is the Miami Heat zombies. They just keep coming back. It doesn't matter when they're out. And every single time we think that they're overmatched just based off talent level, they just rise to another level. Like if you're just going to cross the way, Jimmy Butler versus Tatum and then Bam Adebayo versus Jalen Brown, every position after that, Celtics were better on paper, but paper means absolutely nothing to this Miami Heat team, which is insane. I think Jimmy Butler gets a lot of credit for this series. I think it's completely worthwhile, just especially because of what he did in the lead up to the series it was incredible throughout this entire playoff run. I think Bam Adebayo is kind of underrated whenever you're looking at all this. He did have a couple of bad shooting games in this series, but that defense is insane and like low key. Low-key, in his career, he's kind of starting this little nucleus where he could potentially be a Hall of Fame candidate one day. So let me let me read out his accolades so far This in his career. Two-time All-Star. Kind of hard as a big man. He's already done it twice. Four-time NBA All-Defensive Team. Pretty dang solid. On top of the fact that he's already been to two finals, and then you consider he's only 25 years old. 
like he's arguably done more than Jason Tatum has done in his career, but they're not considered on the same plane. So I think as terms of like ultimate team player, ultimate winner guy, and whenever you consider where this Miami Heat roster was just three or four years ago, prior to that bubble NBA finals appearance, they're paying Ryan Anderson 20 million a year. Like I think Spo deserves credit, but Pat Riley also deserves a ton of credit for how he has built this team. It's been insane. Yeah, I think I think Bam Adebayo is is amazing, and I think a lot of times, uh, you know, he gets overlooked, and I get very frustrated with him offensively sometimes because I feel like he has so much talent, and I feel like I remember watching that Lakers Heat Finals in 2020, um, and he looked almost unstoppable until he got injured in the finals. He was shooting mid ranges. He was, uh, you know, assisting. He was a triple threat, uh, a, a triple double threat every single game. And it kind of seemed like over the last couple of years, his offensive game has kind of like plateaued. He hasn't really improved that much as his mid-range shot. And so that's where I get mostly frustrated with him because I feel like he's young and he should be developing that part of his game. And I do feel like when Kyle Lowry is not on the floor, Bam is a better player because he's able to handle the ball more and be that playmaker. Um, Also, another underdog, man. Like, think about it. Every single year, he – like – there, I don't. You cannot name me a single player in the NBA right now who can guard the one through five at a, at a high level throughout the whole game. You cannot name me a single player, yet he never wins Defensive Player of the Year, which to me is insane. It's incredibly disrespectful. Another underdog story, you know, player from Kentucky, played with Fox, played with Monk. He was very much the third string on that team, and he's had the better career out of the three by far. Not – not not to continue to piggyback off that, but Jesus Christ. Like, if you go back to that draft where Bam Adebayo was drafted, like, you'll see, oh, yeah, he was a borderline lottery pick, all of that. But the number of bigs that were in that draft, I'm thinking, like, Justin Patton from Creighton, all those other guys. Every single person was saying Bam had the lowest upside. He was the safe pick. He was the guy who was going to bang in the post, get you 10 and 10 every night. But, like, he had no potential beyond that. And it is crazy that out of all of those bigs, the glut of bigs that were in that draft, Bam has been the one who has stepped up and turned into this all NBA level monster. So it's pretty crazy stuff. I, I, I want to go what, back. Go ahead. Amir. What I'm most excited about is just seeing this battle with him and Jokic because I feel like it's uh, a chance for him to really solidify himself as like that guy. So I, I think it's going to be a really fun matchup between the two of them. And that's what it's going to take is like as soon as Jokic passes half court, Bam has got to be on him. He's got to go the entire length of the way and just disrupt what Jokic wants to do because Jokic has that ball on a string. Like he'll dictate whatever he wants to do during the game. And that's been one of the most impressive parts about Jokic. But I want to go back to Eddie's point about Caleb Martin versus Jimmy Butler for the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Amir or James, do you guys have any hot takes on who should have won that? Should it have been Jimmy or should it have been Caleb Martin who won that? I I think I was, I think it's a valid point, but the reason I was thinking Jimmy is because he does a lot, makes a lot of plays that don't show up on this, on the stat sheet. Um, And he's kind of the heart of the team. And a lot of it is through his leadership. Um, And so his confidence then, you know, tinkers down to the rest of the team. So they're able to go. I think if you can, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but like, it's not like Jimmy Butler played poorly by any stretch of it. It's just, it's all relative. So um, I feel like they needed like another award for like, who's, you know, the most, like most improved or something like that. Cause that definitely was Caleb Martin for sure. It's it definitely was Jimmy Butler. Uh, Caleb Martin had the, the feel good story of the playoffs, but he wasn't the most valuable. 
I feel like he's just the lunch pail kind of guy, though. Sorry, I'll let you go off in just a sec. But if you're looking at the stats, Jimmy Butler had 24 a game, right, in this series. Mm. Incredible stuff. But he had that 5-for-21 shooting game, and it was like game 5 or game 6, and that just left a terrible taste in my mouth. Like I could not get over the fact that how badly he fumbled that game whenever it really felt like the series was really turning in terms of momentum. And then Caleb Martin goes out there. He puts up 19 a game, only 5 fewer, and the shooting was incredible like he was 60 percent from the field that is deandre jordan numbers those are joe keep noah every single uh, shot is just a putback dunk numbers and then on top of that it wasn't just the inside shooting was also shooting 48 percent from three that's that's steph curry-esque and that's a seven game series that's just like four hot games like he's going to be a miami heat legend forever and he got dropped by the freaking hornets like a year and a half ago so i think that the story was there. The opportunity was there. And some of my favorite opportunities for these type of awards, because finally we have it in the NBA, right? We didn't have it in the NFL. We 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 have it in MLB, but we don't have it in the NFL. We now have it in the NBA. Is These stories of guys that just have like crazy series. And those are the legends that live on forever, like David Freeze for the St. Louis Cardinals. Or I'm thinking like Edgar Renteria whenever he's with the the Giants in the early 2010s. Like those are the ones that it's really fun. Just like throw them a bone and allow them to always be in history forever. Cause we're always going to remember Jimmy Butler, but we may not always remember Caleb Martin. So I wish we could have remembered this series forever like that. I completely agree. I, I, I will say Caleb Martin, he's Caleb Martin scored more threes this series than Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown together. That that's crazy. As as a guy who who got cut and only got to the Heat because of Jay Cole, like it's crazy. If, if it wasn't for Jay Cole making a call to Karun Butler, the assistant coach for the NBA for for the Miami Heat, he would not be on the Heat. How crazy is that? And I, you know, what Amir says is true about Jimmy Butler. You know, making those plays. Uh, that don't really show up in the box score that make him such a valuable player. I completely agree with that. But I think what a lot of people, uh, you know, the more regular fans that, you know, don't have that level of understanding of basketball or of the NBA, um, I think Jimmy Butler was kind of like shrinking when it came to, you know, winning that game four, like that fourth game to bring us to the final. Like if, if you watch the game, Jimmy Butler – drives in, doesn't look at the basket, pump fakes three times, passes out. And that cannot be happening during 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 the finals. If if we get that Jimmy, then we're done. Yeah. And he's like, just invent more awards for my team to get. You're like more heat players can get more awards. That's what we really want. Uh, oh, let's yeah. move on to let's move on to the Nuggets. The, the 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 team that's not from South Beach, the boys that aren't from Dade County. This is one of the most random teams in order to make the NBA finals in years. But I love it. We haven't seen Denver Nuggets ever make the NBA finals. And we don't really see these like random Pacific Northwest kind of teams ever make it. And I'm really excited to see them in the finals this year. There was a quote that came out from our friend Bill Simmons. I love Bill Simmons saying that the Denver Nuggets are the best team he's seen in the last five years. Amir, do, do you agree with this take or is like he overstating how good the Nuggets are? What are your thoughts? I actually agree with him. I feel like we haven't seen the Nuggets like super like all the way healthy, too. So it's like Jamal Murray was out. So it's hard to really evaluate them like 
but now I feel like just across the board, they're just so well put together. Like they just play beautiful basketball. Contavious Caldwell Pope has turned himself into a solid player, like all around three and D guy. Aaron Aaron Gordon, I, I did not see that coming. He's playing great. I feel like he's going to be really critical defensively in the series against um, Miami. Michael Porter Jr. just shooting the lights out. Jamal Murray will just get you 30 a game in his sleep. And then Jokic, I think, is the best overall player in basketball right now. So top to bottom, they're coached well by Mike Malone, too. So I would agree with them. They, they play basketball the right way. They were built the right way. Um, I just really love watching them play. It's very Spursian, if you think about it, right? Like all those San Antonio Spurs teams that were like built around Boris Diaw or Daywan Blair, just like that big, bouldering guy in the center of it all. But it always has that craftiness, that ability to pass out of the post and that's what Jokic really gets you I don't know if I agree with this one fully James what are your thoughts on this take about them being the best team in the last five years there's a lot of good teams in there yeah I mean I don't know about best in the last five but I mean I'll I'll give props so like watching this Nuggets team is pretty exciting uh their star player and Jokic you could watch highlights of him and none of them have to do with him scoring like I mean he's just so incredible at passing as a big that I think it can really get you amped up as a basketball fan to just see some of these assists. And that's not something you usually think about into the modern NBA. Like he's not just posterizing people. He's just really good, really smart with the ball. And and I think it's just really enjoyable for people that like basketball. He really pushes the envelope of like the geometry of the court. Like some of my favorite Jokic passes are the one where he's on one end of the three point arc and then somehow throws it baseline through like three or four defenders. And then it lands on the other end of the three point arc for a wide open three. It's like, how do you even do that? Like, yeah, obviously you have the height. So you're able to like look over some people, but like bending the ball like that and having the spin and torque on it is absolutely insane. So Eddie, do you think this Nuggets team has turned a corner from just being a good, fun, regular season team to being the absolute best team in the NBA to being an NBA finals champion? I think so. I really do. I mean, this team has been on the verge of making the finals for the last five years. I don't think they're the best team of the last five years, but they've been on the verge of making the finals for the last few years, you know, with Jamal Murray. I think it all started in the bubble, honestly, like Jamal Murray going, you know, back and forth with uh, Donovan Mitchell in that first series and, you know, lo- eventually losing to the Lakers in the in that semifinals, uh, Western Conference Finals um, uh, run. But I think I think their time is now, uh, you know, MPJ finally healthy, just like Amir said, and, and Jamal Murray finally being healthy also. I think Jamal Murray is cementing himself as a top five point guard in this league. He, and I, I truly believe that. And I think that, this, this is this is like a bittersweet like series for me because I love watching the Nuggets play. It is so they play such an enjoyable like style of basketball. And Malone, in my opinion, second best coach in the league. Obviously, I got my boy Spo, number one, underrated. But I think Malone is right there up with him. This is so much better than if we would have gone to Lakers, Celtics. You know, because Lakers Celtics is all about like, you know, you got the history and you have like um, the superstars. This is not about superstars. This is about X's and O's. This is pure basketball. This finals It's not about this is about team basketball all around. And so that's, you know, this Nuggets team is incredible. I'm going to love playing against them, but it's going to be very tough. Yeah, I feel like we don't really see athletes like Jamal Murray too often where they're incredible in the playoffs 
injured all the time, miss a lot of regular season games, but aren't really considered in the top 10 of their position whenever you're just looking at it on like an off season ranking kind of thing. But then whenever you get to the playoffs, like, do you want to face anyone else? I I think you'd rather face anyone else than Jamal Murray, right? Like he just went for 30 points per game in the Western conference finals against the LA Lakers who are marking him constantly on 50, 40, 90 shooting. Like you don't do that casually. Like usually like you think back to like the Oh nine finals with Kobe, like he would shoot like, 10 for 22 and that that's a great game right because like whenever it gets to the playoffs it's all about defense and really slowing the game down and everything but jamal murray just plays regular season ball during the playoffs it acts like it's casual it's insane to me it's gonna be James, very very hard for miami to slow jamal murray down because he plays like you said he plays a very like fast-paced basketball that is not typical for the playoffs but he makes it work so it's gonna be very tough for miami yeah james i was gonna ask you because we did our nfl nba comps like can you think of anyone that's similar to Jamal Murray where it's just like the playoff performer? I, it kind of feels like Matt Stafford, right? Where like you don't get the regular season accolades, but then really just like turns it on in the playoffs for at least one run like the he did with the Rams. No, I think that's almost spot on, right? Matt, Matt Stafford's been, I mean, okay. Like, nothing about him has been just electrifying since some of those like Megatron years with the the Lions. But when it, you know, when it comes down to prime time and, and being in the playoffs, he steps up and, I think that's like a perfect comp for this. Mm -hmm. I think this finals is going to be incredibly exciting. I was a little bit down on Miami. I even tweeted about it and got some hate about it because Miami just like doesn't have like the, the top end talent from beginning of the rotation to the end of the rotation, but they just keep finding dudes, these diamonds in the rough that are insane. Like I, I Miami just reminds me of like pizza almost where like, it's, it's pretty dang good when it's hot, but it's also pretty dang good when it's cold. Right. And it's crazy to me that they just keep, finding these dudes. And then on the Nuggets side, you got Nikola Jokic, which I, I all, always remember that series that they had in the Western Conference semis against the Portland Trailblazers, where it looked like Jokic was gassed. The dude couldn't play more than 30 minutes a game. And if he did, he was lumbering up and down the court. Like it literally looked like he was dragging his shoulders, dragging his feet just to get up the court. He was still playing hard. He was still doing everything for the Denver Nuggets, but he just did not have it in him stamina wise. And watching him now is night and day difference. Like he, he looks happy. He looks healthy. He looks like everything that like Zion wishes he could be. And he's just killing it out on the court and just running with these elite athletes. And on top of it all, we have the Marcus Morris beef or Marquis Morris, whichever Morris it was between this Nuggets and Heat team. And I really want to see that anger coming out in the playoffs here. I don't know how much anger will come out. I will say, though, I think this is playoffs are the perfect scenario for Jokic just because the game slows down and he can truly just play make the whole game and and, and it's less fast paced. So this is this is where Jokic shines during the playoffs. Yeah, I also think that means he has probably the most pressure on him, too, because like he's got those two MVPs like. But no, no, uh, you know, no championships to show for it. So I feel like, yeah, really should have been three, honestly. So, but I feel like Miami's like they're playing with house money, right? They're not even supposed to be there. So I think the pressure is all on the Nuggets and especially on Jokic. 
Yeah, Miami Heat are going to be playing fast and loose this entire series, I feel like. And then Denver, obviously, has got the home court because they have the one seed. And it's crazy that it's crazy that we kind of get this one versus eight in the finals like this. It's you don't think about it like that too often. Uh, let, let's go and move into back into just time a little bit. Let's look back at the playoffs that were we're going to be doing playoff wide awards. And I came up with the titles of these. They're all movie related because we all like movies. So. If you hate them, let us know. If you love them, I, I think you should love them. So we're going to start off with the Thor Love and Thunder Award. This is the movie. This is the team that you go into the playoffs. You're really excited for them and just falls really, really flat. So, Eddie, start us off. Who's your most disappointing team in the playoffs? I don't know. I have a. I, I couldn't make up my mind. I really had three teams. I was between the Cavs, the Bucks, and the Celtics. Um, and it's it, it's hard, obviously, to make a case for the Celtics because yeah, they made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, and and yes, they 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 were able to force a Game Seven, eventually getting blown out. But like, this is a team that is constructed to make a playoff run. And I remember talking to my friends, and you know, I was I was telling like d- during the Philly and um, Boston series, he asked me like, who do you rather play? I said, well, honestly, like, I feel like Philly's depth is way worse than the Celtics. Like, Celtics have way better depth. But I just don't know that the Celtics have that dog in them. Like, I think they tend to, you know, just, like, lose, I don't know, control of the game very easily. I don't think they have that, like, mentality to, like, win. There's There has to be some sort of culture change. So that's why I would say the Celtics. But in, in reality – if you're a one seed losing against the eighth seed, it's always going to be, you're always going to be the disappointment of the playoffs. So I, I think you got to go with the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks is where my head went immediately. Like we don't see eight over one very often, and when we do, like there's usually like big philosophical questions being asked. Like when Dirk Nowitzki and the Mavericks lost after being sixty-seven and fifteen in the regular season, they lost to the Warriors. They're like, oh, is is this Dirk core done? Like, are we trading off Dirk? Are we trying to get a lot of new players around Dirk? What's happening here? And then whenever the Grizzlies beat the Spurs, that was the big question too. Like, do we break up the big three of Tony Parker, Ginobili, and Duncan? Like, what, what what's the plan here? And obviously, that Grizzlies team was different, right? They were the grit and grind. They were 50 wins as well. So it was a little bit different than this case. And the Bucks didn't just lose. Like, they got dog walked in this series they lost four to one gentlemen's it, it, it was not close at all this entire series it was humbling if we're being honest and this is a championship caliber team that i was looking back on it we were all really high whenever we were doing the playoff preview and we were doing our regular season preview me you and james eddie we were all high on the milwaukee bucks and they just fell so freaking flat and it doesn't really feel like there is those big philosophical questions but like it maybe we should be having those conversations like do we trade drew do we trade middleton and maybe that's just a, a testament to like how they feel about their team and obviously they fire Budenholzer, so like that's a big change but it's just crazy to me that this team that was on top of the world two years ago can fall so flat in the first round, even with all that playoff experience that they have. And they also, you know, um, they also had three defensive player of the year candidates on that squad. Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, Giannis, all defensive player of the year candidates. And they just got manhandled by the Heat, who they are good at eliminating your second player. 
you know, they eliminated Drew, they eliminated uh, um, Randall, and they completely eliminated Jalen Brown. So, uh, you know, that definitely plays a role. But I, I completely agree. Four one against an eight seed is is pretty outrageous. What about you, Mir? What are you thinking? I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to say the Warriors. You know, I mean, they they just, you know, they're the reigning champs. I was expecting more for them. Like, you, when you win the championship and you don't change the nucleus, you would think that they would. I was expecting at least the Western Conference Finals. And I understand, you know, the beef that happened between Draymond and uh, Jordan Poole kind of came to fruition. And that probably was why. But I was I just kept expecting a comeback. I really thought they were going to take down the Lakers. And I was I was just disappointed. I, I was expecting more for from clay draymond and stuff so um, i was i was disappointed by the warriors it was an all-time bad clay performance he shot terrible the entire series none of the young warriors stepped up jordan Poole disappeared jonathan kaminga the cum bucket he didn't do shit the entire series like i didn't understand any of these moves that the warriors were doing mid-season giving getting rid of wiseman trading all the second round picks for gary payton like none of these really moved the needle and then it was like oh, we're really relying on Andrew Wiggins, who wasn't even here half the year and had one of the most fluky all-star appearances ever last year. We're really expecting him to kind of be the fulcrum in the middle of this offense. It didn't make any sense to me. And kudos to them for beating that Kings team, which I think was honestly really solid, which is kind of what made me not put them on this list. But Mm -hmm. yeah, getting destroyed by legitimately just two players plus whichever Laker was hot on a given night. That was kind of embarrassing. Mm Mm-hmm. I think they were banking a lot on player development. Like they were expecting more from Kaminga and just more from their role players. And that just didn't happen. Whereas, well, I think Miami does a good job of developing players. You can kind of see like, you know, what can happen if that isn't the case, right? With the, with the Warriors, uh, younger uh, players. So, James, who's your Thor love and thunder award winner? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's gotta be the Suns. Uh, you trade the entire farm to get KD to bring him into a team that was in the championship. What? Two years ago. And you kind of get past the Clippers who weren't exactly a great team and then just get balanced after the second round. Like it, it was a pretty poor performance and I don't see this team coming back. Like it really feels like things are just kind of falling around them. I mean, that what their owner had to sell, like there's a lot of just like bad things going on with the Suns team and it just does not feel good. I, I feel like you have to be pretty disappointed with their season and with their playoff run. I almost put the Suns in there because I agree with you, but at the same time, this was a mid-season trade. You gotta give like you gotta give them time to develop, and that's part of the reason I didn't put the Cavs up there um, because you know it's their first year. But the Suns, like they they've only had three months to play together, and they did trade a good chunk of their pieces. You know, Mikal Bridges and and uh, Cam Johnson were integral parts like of that core, like of the Suns. And you know, you were kind of left with CP3 who was injured, Booker. And KD and Aiton, who is a non-factor, and so in my in my opinion, I think I think this team is going to be back, and I think they will be better, but they definitely have to make some moves during the offseason. Yeah, that's my thing. It's like you trade away all your death, and like you expect to still make a run. I you can't you're you're not going to just make that big run with just two players. Like I think it, we have so many some like a huge sample size to tell us that you need role players and. They, they traded those away. So I wasn't expecting much from them because of that. Yeah, I could kind of see both sides here because it really did feel like it was like a ticking clock as soon as they traded for Kevin Durant. Like he only played like 10 regular season games with them. So like the chemistry was always going to be off. But like to James's point, like it felt like a midseason baseball trade where like you were trying to get 
all your chips in one basket. You were trying to get everything you needed in order to do a championship type run. And they just fell flat. It's like trading for Max Scherzer at midseason. Then this like he doesn't win you enough games. So that, the clock is definitely ticking on this team because the CP3 injury is kind of lording over everything. Does DeAndre Ayton even like basketball? Nobody really knows. And then like Kevin Durant, like obviously he's not immortal. Like the dude's bald as hell. He's getting old as well. So they they literally are relying on Devin Booker to be that fountain of youth, but relying on like guys like Saban Lee. Like, of course, Monty was going to get fired. He didn't have enough in the rotation. Let's move to the next award here. This is for the biggest fumble by an individual player. This is the Jonathan Majors Award for most disappointing player. If anyone's been following the news, Jonathan Majors got built up as the next big bad, the next Thanos level guy, the MCU. And then he went out and beat up some people. And it's like, dude, why, what are you doing? Like, you could have made billions of dollars and he fumbled it all away. So hey, you're dating Megan good, though. She's pretty bad. <laughs> That's a win. That's a win. Yeah. Amir, who is the biggest fumbler in this playoffs? Uh, I think I was the most disappointed in, in Jalen Brown. I mean, dude just turned into like a turnover machine, like forgot how to play basketball. I, I, I think he, it really feels like he just got the bag and just checked out because it's not even like he was like learning from mistakes or like he was really down on his performance. I'm like, dude, you, like I, I feel like I wouldn't be able to sleep at night knowing that like I'm playing so horribly. It's like he d- doesn't know how to dribble. I'm like, I, I don't know what happened. It, it seemed like the Monstars like took his powers or something. So um, I was the most disappointed in him because he's like the number two guy, right? Um, I was just expecting a lot more. And so, um, yeah, that's got to be my pick. About to make $60 million a year, though. Just uh, I want to throw out there, I appreciate him here throwing in the Space James reference. I feel like that's almost too <laughs> old of a movie for Mac and, and even Eddie. So I'm, I'm glad you had that down there. I'm glad we got another millennial on this call to back exactly. Hey, I have a Space Jam 2 shirt. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, we need to no, end the call. <laughs> you it's a better be movie. Well, it's a better movie. You shouldn't be allowed to have a podcast. Mad Mac, who, who's who's the real Spider-Man? Please say Toby McGuire. Please say Toby McGuire. <sighs> Andrew Garfield? <laughs> no. No, I rewatched those Tobey Maguire movies recently. They are so good. really, really tough watches. What? This is the second one's super good, but like the third one where he's like all goth and has like his hair to the side and stuff, and he's like, Legendary. we don't count that one. He's Legendary. he's being like an Andrew Tate stand. It's super weird. Legendary Eddie Eddie, who is your Jonathan Majors fumble award winner? So you know, JB is a great is a great call. I didn't really think about him until you mentioned it. Part of the reason is because. He was really good during the first two series and then just completely fumbled the bag on the on the last one. But I'm gonna go with Jordan Poole. Cause dude just got paid four year, $128 million contract, and making about like almost $30 million a year. And he didn't do anything. He played worse than like a role player. I think he, in my opinion, is completely overrated. Uh, you know, he loves the lights and all that stuff, but I don't think he's built to run a team. You know, I felt like that contract that he got was for him to be the future of Golden State. And I just don't see him being the future of Golden State or any team for that matter. I think he's no better than a role player. Um, How much of it do you like attribute to the fact that Draymond like punched him though? Like that would create some fiction, uh, you know, some friction between the team. You don't think that played a role in it at all? I I think it definitely plays a role, but it doesn't play a role to the point where you can barely shoot. Like it definitely have, in terms of like having like the, that that sort of like consistency or like um, 
you know, just that energy going into a, like going into a shot when you're, when your teammate passes you the ball, but like, you don't forget how to shoot. And dude was airballing everything. He put up bricks. They were like embarrassing, like yips level misses. Would you rather have Jordan Poole or Markel Fultz? Markel Fultz is coming back though. It's kind of nice. For the contract, I think I'd rather have Fultz. I mean, he's getting paid less. I don't think Poole is all that. And and you're going to have that $128 million just burning your pocket for the next three years, in my opinion. So maybe Fultz. Yeah, Fultz is like on like a team-friendly deal. It's like $11, $12 million a year. It's not too bad. Jordan Poole or Tyler Hero? That's a bad question. I got my boy Tyrone. Yeah. Hey, the Heat went on this run without a hero, so they clearly don't need him. He's bad for the chemistry. As soon as he was gone, they're like scorched earth. They all love Tyler Hero. That's my boy. I still love that Jack Harlow showed up for that game seven rooting for the the Boston Celtics. And he literally has a song titled Tyler Hero. What the fuck? He's not even from Boston. No, no the, the Celtics the are just paying for him to be there. <laughs> the funniest thing, too, was Jeff Van Gundy. No, not Jeff. Stan Van Gundy making fun of his, uh, like, uh, off-board attire. What did, what did he say? He said something along the lines of, like, we need him to come back so he so we don't have to see him dressed this way anymore. <laughs> did you guys <laughs> see the new white men can't jump? I haven't. Is it good? Is that out already? It's out. It's on Hulu. It's really bad. I hate oh. it. <laughs> The combination of Harlow not being able to act or play basketball, it's a generationally bad Wait, combination. have y'all seen the original version, though? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, all right. That's I'm cool. not that young. <laughs> James, who was your Jonathan Majors Award winner? Uh, to me, it's Giannis. You, you can't be the one seed. You can't be trying to fight for best player in NBA and not be an eight seed. I, I mean, like, if, if this happened to LeBron, people would be dogging him for the next five years. Right, like, and that's who Giannis wants to be is LeBron. So, like, you have to win this series. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. And he didn't play particularly well in the series, so it, it's got to be Giannis. Yeah, it feels like in the NFL, like we saw all these terrible wild card weekend games where the one seed was just beating up on the six or seven seed. Like, it should be like an automatic win, but Jimmy Butler just got in his head and ruined him. It was super funny. My my fumble was between two two players, two combo guards. I was either going Donovan Mitchell because dude had like one 20 point game and then he was out like he didn't do squat the rest of that entire series. And they were my favorites to get out of the Eastern Conference and they fumbled against the New York Knicks. But I kind of looked at it a little bit more. It wasn't strictly on Donovan Mitchell. And I felt like it had to go to D'Lo. Looking at D'Lo's stats, D'Angelo Russell's stats in the playoffs, they were so, so bad. They played four games against Denver, right? In the East, in the Western Conference Finals, D'Lo had eight points, ten points, three points, and four points in those four losses. Pretty freaking bad, in my opinion. I, I could not believe how bad he was during that entire series. On top of all the other games that they played throughout the playoffs, he had one good game, and that's it. He had a but thirty-one did you point game. Expect him to be a star. Like, they needed no. him to step up. That was how they were going to win that series against Denver. Is they needed that tertiary guy to take some pressure off of AD and LeBron, and he didn't show up. And that's a guy who's a former All Star. That's not that's not expecting Tyler Hero to step up kind of thing. Like that's a guy who's been there, done that, and he could not do it. So, I don't think he's been there, done that. D'Lo has D'Lo's whole career has been a disappointment, starting from the Lakers and you know you know outing his boy. 
crazy. And then, and then, you know, the only good season he had was when he was in the Nets with a mediocre team where he was the only guy. And yes, he took him to a playoffs, but. As but Eddie, he's got ice in his veins, though. But he doesn't. He thinks the biggest he's not him performance was him not getting the zero on his jersey. <laughs> I knew Mac would like that one. Um, he did not get a zero on his jersey because he got beat for it. And yeah. I don't know. I, I think D'Lo's whole career has been a disappointment. That's why I wouldn't. I didn't like really think about him that much. Like. He's I don't I don't I just don't think he's that good. I think he's a very mediocre player. He he's had a, a very disappointing career. And I'm believe the, if you believe the rumors real quick, if you believe the rumors, D'Lo might be a Heat next year. Might want to sign a trade. Apparently, that's his preferred destination. Apparently, if we, if we get him on a very cheap deal, I will take him as a role would player, you, not as someone who I'm expecting 15 a game from. Would you pay D'Lo $40 million a year for the next four years if Miami Heat won this championship? Fuck. Like, you got to make a deal with the devil. Like, hey, I got to take this massive contract for this terrible player, but I get a championship. Does the, does the rest of the team stay the same? I mean, to the degree that you can within the, the cap limit. You have to move that some money around. Probably. Some offshore accounts. Swiss banks, dude. I just know that the boy Andy, who uh, deals with the finances in the Miami Heat, I, I know he'll make it work. Okay, okay. my man works in magic. <laughs> Amir, I'm sorry I cut you off. What would you have to say? I was just gonna say, honorary mention Julius Randle. He's so bad at basketball. Like, I can't so watch him play. He's literally he's so not good. Bad. He's but not also, a good basketball player. But also, Dibido just runs his players to the ground during the season. And by the time they get to the playoff second round, they're already. Beat. It's yeah. really bone on bone by the second round of the playoffs. It's it's tough to be a next player, but specifically Julius Randle with the body language and every single Nick fan is just all together on let's get this man out of town. Like, dude is struggling. And then there's a great picture that I was going around Twitter. I, I meant to put it on social media, but I haven't yet. Where he like went to visit some kid, and I don't know if like it's like a make-a-wish situation or what. But Julius Randle looks high as hell, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? It is so gone. <laughs> He's just like, they're eating a thing of ribs. <laughs> He's just hanging out with like a five-year-old. Oh, is, I, I feel like, I, I feel like, I was, I was speaking with my uncle before that Heat series started. And I remember uh, he missed the first game. And Randall missed the first game, and I, I told him, you know what, I'd rather him play because he thinks he is way better than he actually is. So he chucks up a lot of shots, very low efficient, like very low efficiency overall, and not good shots. So like I, I, I like it when he plays because I know that he's gonna do some stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what gives me hope about the next future a little bit. I had them for the Super Mario Bros. Award. Just keep it just moving here. Super Mario Bros. Basically, the award where you didn't have high expectations. And then you go into it, and it's an hour and a half of a lot of fun. And I felt like the Knicks were that way. I had zero expectations going into this playoffs. I did not even think they were going to make the playoffs going into the season. And then they actually really surprised me. And whenever you look at the whole team's performance, a little bit disappointing. Julius Randle's burning a hole in their pocket. How did he get second team All-NBA a couple of years ago? I don't know. However, the hope is all on Jalen Brunson now, and he showed 
out in the playoffs. I think it's really underrated how well he played against Miami. These were his point totals against Miami, right? And this is a guy who for a while we thought was a tertiary star at best. The Mavericks didn't even want to pay this man. He scored 25 points in game one, 30 game two, 20 game three, 32 in game four. And then in order to stay alive, 38 in game five and 41 in game six. Like this guy is a bonafide star. And that was from a few months ago where we thought he could still just maybe be a secondary guy. I think he's a singular star. And if you get rid of Randall this offseason, the Knicks could be really dangerous if you get another guy to pair with Brunson here. Mac, I don't know a ton about basketball here, but we brought up that I think the biggest problem with the Knicks being hopeful, and that's the fact that Thibs is their coach, right? Like you, we we saw just the the Grim Reaper come through and take every coach of the year just out to pasture this off season. Or I guess during those playoffs, like I don't know how Thibodeau is a coach of any NBA team because, like Eddie said, his thing since day one has always been my guys play forty minutes a night every single game of the season. And then you get to the playoffs and you have Derrick Rose playing on dust for knees and, and all sorts of just goofy shit happening. Like he is just not meant for this modern NBA where unfortunately for the fans, like players need rest. Like you can't expect guys to play 82 games and Dibs like will not rest his guys. And Nick Nurse is going to do the same to Embiid, who, by the way, could have been a Jonathan Majors award nominee too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fake, not my MVP. Yeah, and James, you make a great point. There's a lot of good coach candidates out there right now. Like, just hanging all your laurels on Tom uh, Tom Thibodeau right now feels really rough, especially with all the young ascending players that are on the New York Knicks, like Emmanuel Quickly. Like, it does not feel like Thibs is going to be able to unlock those type of guys. So it's a little bit tough that he's their coach right now. They just got rid of their GM. So maybe a little bit of change is in store. We'll see. Amir, what, what's your Super Mario Bros. award winner? I mean, I was honestly going to say, like, if I could just pick a player, I would have picked Jalen Brunson. And I know the Mavs are kicking themselves right now because they traded everything for Kyrie. And I, I didn't realize, he, I, I guess even I didn't, like, buy into the hype. I didn't realize how good he was. And he looked amazing. And I feel like they got this whole left-handed shooting thing going in the Knicks. They should just get James Harden, you know, get rid of Randall, swap a little something there, and maybe they can make a deeper run. Yeah, so, but... But definitely Jalen Brunson. I was very impressed. I was like, I thought he was like 5'10". I don't know why. He plays like he's like 6'4". I guess he's 6'2". But, man, he's amazing. Really fun to watch. How are you, Eddie? Uh, Super Mars Bros Award. I think I would give it to the Kings. I, yeah. I like. I think it's their time. It, it's been way too long. They finally made, a, made the playoffs. Obviously came too short against the defending champs. But Fox... I love that they finally paired him with Malik Monk back to the college days when they were unstoppable in Kentucky. And then you add, you know, Sabonis and um, Davion Mitchell, who's a great defender and can shoot the ball. I was very surprised. Um, So overall, a very well-constructed team. And I think, you know, as they keep growing and playing more games and seasons together, I think they're definitely going to be a very, very good team. I wouldn't be surprised if they, they get to, you know, fight a lot of the Western Conference Finals with the Nuggets in the next few years. Yeah, they're young and deep. What What do you think, James? Uh, I, I'm going to have to agree with Eddie. I think it's the Kings. I, I think they just unfortunately ran into Supernova Steph, and there's not a lot you can do that. Like when he's putting up 50 points in a game seven, like what are you supposed to do? It just, I mean, that's unfortunate. It just, ha- it happens. Uh, young team, well-constructed. I think they've got a lot of good things going for them, especially when people, like they're getting laughed off uh, like off a of TV for anyone picking the Kings to be a playoff team. Um, so for them to be the three seed, I think there's just a ton of upside here. 
Yeah, they ascended really highly. Quick story time. So Malik Monk is, or at least where he played in high school, is from Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas specifically. And where I grew up in Springfield, Bass Pro throws this giant tournament for all the best high school players around. And it's Southwest Missouri. Like, we got a lot of white guys, right? And so they, at the weekend, it was like the first time ever they decided to do a dunk contest because they're like, oh, it'd be exciting, get the fans out, all that kind of stuff. And it's like white guy from Glendale and white guy from Springfield Catholic going up to dunk. And they're doing these little two hand dunks or they're like doing a layup because they can't actually dunk. And then you have Malik Monk who comes up, he throws an alley hoop off the side of the backboard and does a windmill dunk on his very first attempt. And the whole crowd goes insane for it because we're so used to this milk toast guys. It was really great. Like shout out Malik Monk. Love seeing that guy in high school. All right, last award here. Just keep it moving. Jenna Ortega Award. This is for the up-and-coming star. I love Jenna Ortega. She she smokes now. She's smoking hot. This is the person that is ascending. This is a singular player that got really great during the playoffs. Eddie, who do you think is the Jenna Ortega of the NBA playoffs? What does her smoking have to do with anything? But I, I Smoke, it's hot. It's cool. No, it's not. <laughs> What's hot about that? Oh, oh, it's so hot. I know you're going to die like 30 years earlier now. <laughs> no. It's that lung uh, cancer, baby. Oh, God. Uh, Our t- uh, today's podcast brought to you by Marlboro Cigarettes. Marlboro, yeah, a good, clean burn. Yeah, sponsored by Jewel. Jenner um, uh, Taylor Award. I think, you know, it's weird to put Fox in there because he's the same age, same draft as Bam. Um, but the reason I'm, I'm, I'm going to choose Fox is because for the first time we're seeing what he can do with a good team around him and a team created specifically for him. And in his first year, he already took him to the playoffs, you know, great seeding. He what was a fourth seed, the Kings. Um, so I, I have to go with Fox. He's been my favorite, one of my favorite players since he joined the league. He's so good consistent. Like he has that dog in him. If he if, if the Kings need a bucket, he'll get it any way he can, whether it, you know his quickness to get to the basket or shooting a three, he can do it all. And he's a great passer too. He's a very smart, smart player. Um, so I'm gonna go with Fox. Yeah. That that segment that they had on, I think it was like TNT, where it's him and Sabonis like talking about their two man action that they do, where they have so much optionality, not to bring a finance term into this, but we're all finance bros at the end of the day. They have so much optionality depending on which direction the defenders go and how they're going to pass it or maneuver themselves. It, it's it's an open bucket every time. It's unstoppable whenever you have two smart players like him and DeMontis. It's so cool to see. So I love De'Aaron Fox as well. I think he fits this category well. Amir, who is your Jenna Ortega? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Arkansas theme and go with the hometown kid Austin Reeves because I was very I I was just impressed by how yes. you know calm, cool, and collected he stayed. You know he had the I'm him moment, and I think what the, like there's always a trade off, right? Like the Lakers make a deep run when no one expected it, but now there's gonna be a lot of cats on that team that want the bag, right? And they deserve the bag. So it's like how do you keep that team together? I think Austin Reeves earned that, and um, and yeah, he he deserves every penny. So I gotta go with him. The smooth shooting was insane. Like the guy should have fallen off months ago, but he just rode that Caruso hype all the mm. way through the playoffs. And 
like you said, he's going to get the bag. Like he's only eligible yeah. for a max of 96 million over four years. Minimum is going to get that four year, $52 million deal. Yeah. It's going to be crazy how much money he ends up making. And what's funny is one of my friends is from Arkansas and went to school where he went to school, Batesville, Arkansas, shout out. And she says that Austin Reeves sucks. Like he's the worst person ever. Definitely like big fish, small pond kind of vibes. And nope, he's just on national TV. Just, just spiting her, you know, that's what he's doing it for. So it's pretty funny to me. James. Who is your Jenna Ortega? Yeah, well, I, so I didn't realize this award was most likely to be stocked by Matthew Max. I might have changed my my pick, but uh, I think it's got to be Caleb Martin. Uh, he just had such an exciting playoff. So it's like, is he the the one season wonder? You know, do we only get one season of of Wednesday and, and nothing else in her actress career? Like, do we get one playoff round of Caleb Martin, or uh, does he actually ball out? You know, for the rest of his career, maybe string together four or five really good seasons. Uh, I mean, he's 27, which I guess is NBA old, but I like to think it's young uh, to, to make myself feel better. So I, I believe in his young and budding career. That's crazy. Well. He's not old. No. I think the prime starts at 24, ends at like, what, 32, 33? I feel like he was just at Nevada. Like, I like blinked and he's like 27. It's kind of wild how time flies. I still think it's so crazy that he's like the second highest paid player in his family. Like, how does that happen? Like, the NBA just really struggles with identifying talent sometimes, and he's one of those guys. I, I like the Caleb Martin pick. I like all your guys' picks. But I went against the spirit of the award, which is funny because I invented the award. But I went with Russell Westbrook. He's not young and up and coming, but he has just really changed perceptions in this playoffs. He was left for dead going into the season and after the failed Lakers experiment. Gets on the Clippers and he balled out in the playoffs and really showed what Russell Westbrook can be in a modern NBA offense, where we all thought for the longest time, if we can just get Russell Westbrook to hustle, play defense, and dunk the damn ball, we're going to be all good. And that's what Russell Westbrook did in this playoffs. He had some good shooting games, but then whenever the shot was off, there's like a couple games where he's like two for 15. He was still a plus in the box score because of all the smaller things that he was doing. I think he had a great glow up. I think he really popped off in this playoffs and he's not young, but he really just had a crazy walk off to the end of the season. I think he's going to actually be a piece of what the Clippers do going forward, which is pretty cool. So they don't blow it up. I think he'll be a part of the playoffs next year as well. Okay. We're, we're pushing an hour, so we're going to keep it moving. So we are moving into our last category, which is just finals predictions going right back to the NBA finals. Amir start us off. Who do you think ends up being the finals? Woked worst of all time. We always have one of these where it's Danny Green going over 30 with the Lakers in a series. Who who do you think is going to be the person who's remembered as messing up in this finals? Uh, man, that's a good one. Um, I feel like it's going to be, you know, one of the role players because I, I have too much faith in, in Jimmy and, you know, Jokic and the stars. So I'm going to go with uh, Michael Porter Jr. Just, just like not being able to shoot the ball. Like, I, I feel like, I don't, I, I feel like they're streaky shooters, but you know, you can get pretty cold. And I, I feel like, I don't know why there's something telling me that that it would be him. If anyone, you know, yeah, so. that's kind of where I, my thought went to is like with these one trick ponies. And I think to a degree, the nuggets have a good amount of them. You got MPJ who just does nothing but shoot. And like Jamal Murray, like 
he has impact, but not like impact like Jimmy Butler whenever his shot's not falling, right? I feel like if Jimmy Butler's guarding Jamal and he struggles in this series where like the moment's just really big, the lights are too bright, I could really see Jamal Murray having a very, very rough finals. He's undersized compared to Jimmy Butler. As much as I love Jamal Murray, I just I, I have a feeling that he's just going to really struggle here. So I, I think he's the woke. What do you think, Eddie? I, I went more Amir's route. I think at least Michael Murray uh, – sorry, Michael Murray. Uh, 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 at least Murray can pass the ball. MPJ does not pass the ball. I, I, he's allergic to passing the ball. I think he has more games without an assist than with assists. <laughs> like, dude is allergic to passing the ball. And so if you eliminate his three-point shooting or for some reason he goes cold, and I don't think he – I think his basketball IQ is – like six feet under like it's terrible and so i just if you eliminate his three-point shooting i don't think there's much more he can do he really becomes useless if he's not shooting the three so i agree i completely agree with amir what do you think james yeah i think this one has the caveat that he comes back but i could see tyler hero rushing back and then coming in and and playing with a semi-broken hand and shooting like two for 15 and then people forget the the broken hand part and just go, Jesus Christ, Hero went two for 15, get him out of town. And like, that's all it takes is two games like that. You know, they lose, say like game five, game six, series over, you know, game four, game five, because Hero plays terrible, but he's going to rush back because it's the finals. Like you're supposed to play. Uh, I, I think it just ends up looking bad, even if people forget the amount of time it takes to recover, especially when your shooting hand is broken. Yeah, people are not forgiving of injuries lately. I saw a lot of think pieces like, Jason Tatum just doesn't have that dog in him. Like he should have been playing harder in that game seven. It's like you're off one ankle. Like, what do you really want someone to do at that point? Like he's clearly injured. Everybody's kind of injured. Jimmy Butler's banged up everybody, but like, God, come on, have a little bit of empathy and sympathy. He doesn't have the dog in him because he shot the bed during the first three games. (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. Finals winner. Who wins the whole dang thing? Amir, start us off. I think I got the Nuggets in six. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost the first one. You know, there's feel-out games. I think they'll adjust. But I just, I, like I said, I think Jokic is the best player in the world right now. And I think they're very balanced. They have depth and they have a home court advantage. So I got to go with the Nuggets. I was going to go with Gentleman Suite, but I have too much respect for Jimmy Butler and, uh, and, my, and the Miami Heat. So I got to go Nuggets in six. Eddie, you want to respond? The boys from Dade County. We made it this far. There is no way I'm not go, like, I'm not going with the boys from Dade County and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo or like Perkins says, Bam Adebayo. Um, the one funny thing though, and this is a crazy stat, Miami has not won a single game in Denver since November 30, 30th, 2016. It's my birthday. It's been a minute since we won. I think the elevation definitely plays a role. But hey, these have all been regular season games. Miami in the playoffs is different as we've seen year in and year out for the last four or five years. So I'm going to go with the Heat. I think we can steal one in in, in Denver and win in six. Wow. You're going to be at the parade, Daddy? Maybe. I mean, it's like a week before my wedding, but I don't know. <laughs> Might be Do the honeymoon in Miami. <laughs> I, I'm sure that would go over very well. <laughs> we see Eddie on the news. He's like crowd surfing. Best friends with Jimmy <laughs> Butler. 
Dude, they, they do the they do the swag surf in, in American Air, well, ex American Airlines Arena, forever American Airlines Arena for me. You mean crypto.com arena? No. <laughs> Where the oh, fuck no, it was? FTX. FTX. <laughs> FTX, that's what it was. That's right. Yeah, crypto's the Lakers so, yeah, one. I got heat. Okay, okay. I I I wanna believe in the underdog team. I, I I'm a Lions fan, I'm a Magic fan, like I, I'm always gonna believe in the underdogs. The lines that have the Nuggets being like overwhelming favorites scare me a little bit because like that that's what Jimmy Butler sees and then he like looks up like that LeBron meme where he just like turns into X Games mode and goes crazy against teams. Scares me. Scares me. However, I think the Nuggets win this in five. Jokic has been transcendent in these playoffs. He's averaging 30, 13, and 10 on 48% shooting from three, Eddie. 48% shooting from three. Which center on the heat is doing that right now none of them and i think there's a lot of players only (laughs) we have one center cody zeller (laughs) and i think whenever these things start getting a little bit crazy in the finals as they always do we always see that weird crafty veteran come off the bench for one of these teams after a coach makes an adjustment and kind of flips the series a little bit I feel like the most likely guy to do that is Reggie Jackson, who we've seen with the Clippers can really turn it on in a big series, a must win type of series. And I think that he could end up being an X factor in this finals. And I just, I think the heat run out of gas, which I've been saying literally since the play in. I don't even think they get out of the play in, but I think this is finally the one they finally put the nail in the coffin on this dream Miami heat season and the Denver nuggets. I should have worn my Jokic jersey. I don't even have it on. It's in the closet back there. I should have thrown on my Jokic jersey. Percent chance against the Celtics. And here we Dude, are. We're forgetting about the secret weapon that is Udonis Haslam. So that's right. The father. And, you know, we're forgetting about the best part of this whole finals matchup. Yo- Nikola Jokic versus Nikola Jovic. Wait, Nikola. I don't think you guys thought about this. This is this is a generational finals. <laughs> James, what's your prediction? Yeah, they've got the Joker. They've got the depth. I, I, you know, the writers are on strike right now, so they, they can't make some kind of fairy tale ending for the Heat. I think it's going to definitely be the Nuggets here. Damn. That's brutal. How many Five, games? Probably. Five gentlemen sweep. They're going to go up 2 0. I can feel it. Keep that same energy when we take the, the, the trophy to, to Miami. Okay. <laughs> Eddie, if I show up to your wedding in a Jokic jersey, like, am I getting kicked out? Like, if the Nuggets end up winning and I show up in a Jokic jersey, there's, there's a very high chance that you will get kicked out. I've never like, been encouraged to wear a Tom Brady jersey, so I think we just make it like a classic frat party jersey party. Tom Brady, Tom Brady is allowed at my wedding. Okay, it is encouraged, as a matter of fact, okay. by me, not Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Eddie, we've been counting out your team all season long, but we'll see if they can pull it off. Do a little bit of magic here, and we'll see what ends up happening. Amir, since we have you on the pod and we talked zero Hawks this entire time, I got to know, is, are the Hawks trading Trey Young? Is this actually happening? Dude, I don't know what to believe anymore, man. I'm hearing Lakers. I'm hearing all sorts of stuff, but uh, it'd be a tough loss for us, man. He like really embodies the Atlanta culture here, so... Like he's really beloved in the city. Like player, I feel like if he wasn't on the Hawks, I would hate him. Like I just wouldn't like him. But because he's he's kind of like just like a hometown kid, even though he's not from here, and we all really love him. And I think it'd be hard to lose him. But I don't know. I think the rumor mill's going, and um, 
I don't know. I really have no idea, but I'm hoping we keep him and I hope we can just like build around. I still think we can build around him and we're just like a piece or two away. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, you got the coach's owner playing 2K, my GM in the background, trying to trade Trey Young yes. for five first round picks and Anthony Davis. Yeah. Like, I don't know like what's happening. Say, everyone gets shopped. I mean, like, I think Jalen Brown was like, like all like kind of butthurt, like, oh, they're shopping me. I'm like, it's a business. Like they, they're, they shop everyone. Tatum, they probably consider moving Tatum. Like everyone would, is, is available for the right trade. So I try not to read too much into it, but I just kind of hope for the best. Team's a dumpster fire, but we're right there with you with the Orlando Magic. We got to take on the Heat and finally have some other yeah. Southeast representation going on. There you go. So. righty. I guess that's pod. It, Eddie, you got the last word. This is, this is your time. I, I, I am rooting for you as a friend, to be clear. However, I think the Denver Nuggets win it. But this is your time. Leave the stamp on the podcast. Heat culture. Thank you. Really beautiful. Really beautiful. Oh, you guys have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>